0: Welcome to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. We open the program today with a chanson patriotique française, a French patriotic song called La Marche Lorraine. This program was researched and written in Indianapolis by Dr. Adrian Peterson and produced in the studios of WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. I'm Jeff White. This is NWS 712 for release on Sunday, October 16th, 2022. On the program today, Hurricane Fiona and the early shortwave scene on Guadeloupe in the Caribbean, and how shortwave stations survived the pandemic. <laughs> The disastrous Hurricane Fiona struck the French island territory of Guadeloupe, on the outer edge of the Caribbean as its first onslaught during the night of Saturday, September 17, 2022. It was in that area that Fiona strengthened and became a Category 4 hurricane with wind gusts of 155 miles per hour and sustained winds at 130 miles per hour. Here's Ray Robinson now with Hurricane Fiona in the early shortwave scene on Guadeloupe.
1: Thanks, Jeff. Guadeloupe encountered near-record rainfall from the hurricane, which resulted in serious flooding, even washing away the long-standing bridge over the River Goyave. Due to the devastation wrought by Fiona over Guadeloupe, the French president, Emmanuel Macron, in Paris, declared a state of natural disaster for the island territory, and he promised government financial aid for recovery. From Guadeloupe, this first hurricane in the new hurricane season swept into the American island of Puerto Rico, where it blew the avocado crop off the trees. Fiona moved onward and it wrought disastrous havoc in the Dominican Republic, Turks and Caicos, Bermuda and further northwards, right up to Newfoundland and eastern Canada. Ferocious Fiona, as it was dubbed, still had 100 mile an hour wind gusts as it attacked the coastal and inland areas of eastern Canada and the island of Newfoundland. The French territory of Guadeloupe is an archipelago of eight inhabited islands in the Lesser Antilles, which form the boundary between the Atlantic Ocean and the Caribbean Sea. The two principal islands are Basse-Terre and Grand terre which together form a butterfly shape, separated only by a very narrow channel in the middle, the Rivière Salé. The capital town of Guadeloupe is Bastère, which is located on the western wing. The larger commercial town, a Petra, is located on the eastern wing. The other nearby islands, known in French as Dependencies, are Marie galante La Desirade, Petite Terre, which is uninhabited, and the archipelago Les Saintes. The total land area of the entire archipelago is 660 square miles, with a population of around a third of a million. Grand Terre is essentially made up of limestone, with plateaus, plains and hills. Basse Terre is volcanic in origin, with high mountains and a tropical rainforest, and it's the location where the TV series Death in Paradise is mostly filmed. Right at the end of the year 1938, a new shortwave broadcasting station in the Caribbean was noted by international radio monitors in the United States. That new shortwave station was on the air with programming in French, and identification announcements in French and English as Radio Guadeloupe provided the location. The noted international radio monitor in the United States, Roger Legg, was the first to draw attention to Radio Guadeloupe, and the island of Guadeloupe had thus become a new shortwave broadcasting country. The new Radio Guadeloupe was located at a Petra on the eastern wing, and it was an amateur station turned professional. Initially the almost regular programming was on the air for an hour each evening, and it was noted on seven oh five O kilohertz, right within the forty meter amateur band. There were occasions when other nearby channels just outside the amateur band were in use, such as 7435, 7440 and 7446 kHz. The operator of Radio Guadeloupe was Monsieur André Hahn, and his address was Box 125, a Pitre, on the eastern wing. The identification melody for Radio Guadeloupe was the popular French tune, March Lorraine, which you heard at the beginning of our programme today. During the earlier part of the European War in the middle of the last century, Radio Guadeloupe was silenced from the latter part of 1939 and throughout 1940 and 1941, apparently by French government action. However, in January 1942, the station was reactivated again, though only for a short while, on 7446 kHz. Then two years later again, in September 1944, the station was noted once more, though again only for a short while. However, after the end of World War II, Radio Guadeloupe was brought into operation again as a government radio broadcasting station. It was listed in the World Radio Handbook with 50 watts on 7447 kHz at a new location, this time on the western wing at Bastyr. A subsequent channel was 7430 kHz. In addition to local programming, Radio Guadeloupe also took a daily half-hour relay from shortwave Radio France International in Paris. In 1951, a medium-wave outlet was added with 1 kilowatt on 650 kHz. And then five years later, in 1956, the shortwave service was closed forever, and an additional medium-wave channel was inaugurated on 1420 kHz. When the official shortwave channel was closed, it was operating at just 50 watts. The new medium wave channel on fourteen twenty kilohertz was also listed with fifty watts, so maybe the shortwave transmitter was modified for medium wave operation. Three different call signs have been used for Radio Guadeloupe, though none were ever announced on air for the shortwave broadcasting service. Each call sign in some way identified the station owner and operator, Andre Hahn. It suggested that the licensed call sign for the operation of the radio equipment as a regular amateur station was FG-8AH, Andre Hahn. It would appear that Operation as a Programme Broadcasting Station was under the unannounced call sign FG-8AA. And then, when the station was reactivated as a government operated radio broadcasting station at a new location under the direction of the same Andre Hahn, the listed call sign was FG8HA. And we'll have more about the radio scene on Guadeloupe in a future edition of Wavescan. Back to you, Jeff.
0: Thank you, Ray Robinson at KVOH in Los Angeles. And coming up on Wavescan next week. We'll have some information about radio in the Maritime Provinces of Canada, where Hurricane Fiona went after ravaging parts of the Caribbean, such as Guadeloupe and Puerto Rico. A quick update now on the restoration efforts at WRMI in Florida, after Hurricane Ian badly damaged many of the station's antennas and transmission lines. As of October 10th, WRMI had seven of its previous 12 frequencies back on the air. The ones that are operating now are 5010, 5800, 5950, 7730, 9395, 9455, and 9955 kHz. Wavescan can be heard on all of these frequencies, many of which are operating 24 hours a day right now. 7730 kHz is on low power for the moment. Mechanical problems with one of the station's trucks have caused a delay in getting additional frequencies back on the air, as that truck has a hydraulic lift that's needed to repair and replace the telephone poles that carry the transmission lines from the transmitter building to the antennas. The goal is to get the other five frequencies back on the air, one by one, but we don't know at this time how long all of that will take. But now we're going to continue our coverage of the 2022 annual meeting of the National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters in Washington, D.C. Last week, we heard the opening of the meeting by Bei Fang of Radio Free Asia and remarks by our own Ray Robinson to the meeting participants. Today, we have part of a roundtable discussion about how shortwave stations survived the pandemic, beginning with Transworld Radio President Lauren Libby.
2: The pandemic started, and we began to really, uh, uh, I can honestly say we haven't missed a beat during most of the time. It's been a challenge some places. For instance, in uh, in Africa, in Eswatini, we actually brought in a truckload of food, and the staff moved to the transmitting site and actually lived there. Uh, we had production facilities in Nigeria where people lived in the studios for, I don't know, probably a month. Uh, in Central Asia, the same thing. Uh, our Central Asia staff basically uh, caught uh, COVID and uh, we're in pretty bad shape. But we haven't lost anybody yet, I don't think, as near as I can uh, tell. Um, out on Guam, Mike was out there, and uh, you know we we had some uh, issues and we had to fly in a guy from from Canada. To uh, Steve Schantz had to uh, go out there and had to sit in the hotel room for two weeks while the uh, Guamanian government fed him, and then he got to go out and go to the station, fix some things, and then fly back to Canada and had to uh, quarantine in Canada twice. twice. Mm. And you know, it's just um, uh, it, you know, it's it's been an issue, and and we had situations where we had ground staff in. Uh, in India, and we had ground staff in um, Pakistan in that part of the world where people were almost literally starving to death. And so, with our producers, and we were able to get food and get finances in, and and uh, make sure they were okay. But you know, somebody asked me the other day. They said, "Well, how, what kind of crisis are you dealing with?" And I said, "Which one?" But I have to really give it to our global staff. I mean, they they got up and basically figured out alternatives. We, we did workarounds. I mean, Mike did workarounds out on Guam. Um, and uh, we basically, I can say we, we, we're still talking to 190 countries and 320 languages. So, you know. And I'll be honest with you, fundraising was the best during the pandemic it's ever been. Yeah. It's incredible. We, are, we tightened down the bat and down the hatches came up with a contingency plan, even if selling our building if necessary. And I cannot believe uh, the support that people have given. I mean, we've actually built two big stations during the pandemic and funded the the financing for them. So, I mean, it's just been pretty incredible. But, uh, you know, it's just been a very interesting... The whole political thing, the whole uh, physiological thing... You know, everything is uh, has come together. And, um, you know, it's been really interesting. My great-grandparents uh, survived the Spanish flu in the U.S. And I went back and read the, the local newspaper in 1917, 18, and 19 in my hometown. You would have thought it was exactly what's going on today. So, Mike, from your standpoint.
3: Yeah, I was going to add that... Um the local government on Guam was trying to shut everybody down, trying to make everybody stay home and, you know, all non-essential people stay home and all that. And we're thinking, wait a minute, we're an FCC-licensed entity. What does the government of Guam have to do with us? Because it's the feds who basically tell us, yes, you're on the air, and you're supposed to be radiating, because if you don't, you you got, you got to tell the FCC, hey, we're going off. But um, And so... We came up with a letter, and he signed them, and so we put them in each of our cars in our glove box, so if someone pulled us over, we, said, we can wave this letter and say, hey, we're, we're, we are we got to stay on the air. And so that worked out really well for us, that we could use one government against the other, essentially, to stay on the air. Um, we had just finished a home ministry assignment. Well, we had to leave early. It was March of 2020 that we had to leave Huntsville and go back to Guam and so we got there and they made us stay in our home for two weeks and that's when I started working on my truck and I found out chickens love to lay eggs on the top of an engine when the head is taken off I was finding chicken eggs in the cylinder head or in the pistons and so you know a lot of people like my wife and I are pretty extroverted and we found out you know what we can actually do pretty well by ourselves here in the jungle <laughs> um so we had two weeks there. Then we did our work at the station. And and it got to the point at the station where, you know, we all kind of lived in a bubble. So we wound up ditching the mask inside the building because we're like, we're in a bubble. We're not going to make each other sick. And none of us got COVID except, well, one guy got COVID because he had just, I think he got it in South Carolina and brought it back with him. But Guam was relatively isolated, so it was easier to control, I guess, access to the disease somewhat. And so we kind of operated like there's nothing going on at the station itself. Now, if we had visitors, we had to do the sanitizer and sign a logbook and all this stuff. But the big thing at the beginning was make sure the local government doesn't try to shut us down. And we found a way to do it. And so now if someone pulled us over, they get to see his signature and... Oh, well,
2: <laughs> the island of Bonaire shut down. Nobody got in. nobody got out for about ninety days for three months and um, they they controlled it pretty well on the island.
0: <clears throat> we had a similar situation uh, uh in the beginning you know where where the was only essential employees and all that and but uh the media apparently in Florida were considered essential so uh but, but we did the letter in the car just in case, <laughs> a copy of the FCC license and all that, uh, but but was never needed. <laughs> From our at our facility, I mean, we, we really didn't – we thought we might lose a lot of business, you know, because we were a commercial station, we were selling blocks of airtime, and people wouldn't have money or wouldn't, you know, consider broadcasting to be essential. Uh, but but actually, it was kind of the opposite. Uh, people saw the need for uh, for broadcasting. Uh, we lost maybe one or two very small clients and gained a lot of others. Uh, and and instead of reducing broadcasting, I would say some even increased. So it, it, you know, it it wasn't. Something that, that that it wasn't really a boom for us or anything, but it was. We certainly didn't lose anything uh, during the pandemic, um, and and it really showed the importance of, of shortwave listening. I can't tell you how many, uh, mostly emails we got from people saying, um, uh, you know, I've been spending more time at home now because of the pandemic, and uh, and I found the old shortwave radio in the closet and. Uh, and turned it on, you're the first station I heard, and <laughs> that sort of thing. And so, so definitely a lot of people um, were started shortwave listening or, or came back to shortwave listening uh, during the pandemic. No question about that. So that was one good thing, I guess,
4: <laughs> about it.
0: Um, Andy?:
4: Yes. I'll bring you greetings from Franklin, Tennessee, home of uh, international home of World Christian Broadcasting. Uh, the fall before COVID really got serious, we installed brand new equipment, recording equipment in our studios. So, therefore, when the pandemic hit, our guys were able to work from home and do their editing and and changing around their programs from home. So, that worked out really, really well. They took advantage of that, and we had a few cases of staff members that they got COVID, but as far as real uh, serious, he, he really wasn't there in Franklin. Uh, I can tell you that last year we heard from more listeners than ever. So the pandemic, I'm sure, had something to do with that. Folks were maybe at home or able, or kind of folks more on the radio, but we heard, we heard from more listeners last year than ever. Um, we also used that particular time to really kick in social media. Tony Tadros, our Arabic speaker, and his Arabic Facebook page last year made 500,000 connections. With people in the Middle East I feel like that's pretty neat, and during that time, it that's when our social media really took off. Probably 21 and 20 and 21 were two of our best years ever, as far as income was concerned. We're going that particular time with support, and that really wasn't hurt at all. I'll bring you greetings from our four families in Alaska, and we didn't really have an issue with COVID in Alaska, we had issues with uh, black bear and moose and ice and snow. We, our antennas are on a hill, and it's really a feat in after September in Alaska to get it up Get up that hill sometime. I've been talking with our guys um, probably in April, and they said we still have two feet of snow in our front yard. So getting up the hill to get to the station was the major issue <laughs> in Alaska. Um, we did have issues in Madagascar, not only with COVID, but also with malaria in Madagascar during that time, malaria was just as an issue, as big an issue as COVID was. And we had uh, a couple of our staff that really got pretty serious illness from it, but they came through fine. We didn't lose anybody. Uh, so during the COVID time, it was a time that we kind of kicked into social media. Uh, the Lord blessed us with uh, moving people's hearts to donate to our work, and it was probably two or Two of the best years ever uh, during that particular time. So we're just very fortunate. What we learned about ourselves and what we learned about uh, our work—it was just a, a real positive time. We're glad that it's, I started to say we're glad that it's over, but depending on who you ask, you may be cranking up again. I don't know, but but it, it was a, it was a. We learned a lot about ourselves during that particular time.
0: No, no nothing. De- nothing different happened in TDS Rome. Of the pandemic, oh. uh. it was a difficult period, of course,
5: because we, we on short wave and all transmission. We we can work at home. I mean, people have to be, uh, you know, b- before the machine. So we have have to arrange a specific condition. And during this time, as you mentioned, it was very important to to, to make a good transmission because there was a, a large audience. So um, this is on, on the technical part, we have to take care of people to manage the, the machine, you know, specific condition. Take care about, uh, you know, we can have the team, all the team uh, out. We have to take care about this. Uh, just to give you an overview, we make uh, around 100 hours per day only for shortwave. This is the average. So imagine, it's, we, we, we have to, to do it. But I think we, we succeed on it, and uh, of course. On the commercial part, I must say we, uh, of course, we ha- you have a lot of listener, but we requested uh, you requested a lot of more transmission also. So we operated more transmission as, as in, in normal conditions. So uh, we are ch- you know we are a chain, uh, and we are one part of the chain. So, so yeah, so we, I think we we succeed to pass this this difficult period and uh but I crossed my finger do not
0: do not have another one now <laughs> <laughs> the pandemic affect uh continental in any way uh two or three years ago when we had uh, we had some inquiries going on and we we're, were quoting and a lot of countries uh, re uh, reappropriated their money toward fighting COVID. and uh i had I had at least two customers that I thought were ready to ready to give us orders. You've been listening to part of a panel discussion about how shortwave stations survived the pandemic. This was recorded at the NASB, National Association of Shortwave Broadcasters, 2022 annual meeting at Radio Free Asia in Washington, D.C. We'll have more from this meeting on upcoming editions of Wavescan.
6: Now here's Salahuddin Dular with his Bangladesh DX report. Dear listeners and radio hobbyists, welcome you in October 2022 edition of Bangladesh DX Report in Oiviskayan. I am Salahuddin Dollar from Rajshahi Bangladesh glad to be back and thanks for listening the receiving log of different radio stations which we monitored in 2nd October Radio Free Asia Dushanbe Uyghur language program was heard at 010003 UTC on 9350 kHz the sieve code was 333 Voice of America, Radio Ashna, Udanthai, Dari Language, Report by YL, was heard at zero one hundred zero seven UTC on 9480 kHz. The ISIO code was 444. 4, 4. Voice of Hope, Palau, English Program, MFC Worldwide, was heard at 0, 0117 UTC on 15680 kHz. The ISIO code was 232. Adventist World Radio Trincomalee OM Christian Preaching in Amoy Language was heard at 0, 0120 UTC on 15630 kHz. The ISIO code was 454. Radio Free Asia Barbie Service Talk by OM was heard at 0, 0125 UTC on 15250 kHz. The ISIO code was 444. 4, 4. All India Radio, Bengaluru, Indonesian Service. O.M. Reading news was heard at 0132 UTC on 13710 kHz. The site code was 444. Voice of America, Diwa Radio. Bhaya Udonthai, Pashtu Service. Report on Iran was heard at 0135 UTC on 13750 kHz. The code was 4. Four four, sound of hope. Chinese discussion between OM and while was heard at zero one hundred thirty nine UTC on thirteen nine two zero kilohertz. The SIO code was four four four. Voice of America. Udon Thai. Service news reporting by OM was heard at zero one hundred four five UTC on seven three zero five kilohertz. The SIO code was four 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 BBC morsebone Dari service report was heard at zero one hundred forty seven UTC on seven two nine five kilohertz the SIO code was two three two. Aniski World Radio English service while reporting was heard ten hundred forty UTC on seven three five five kilohertz. The SIO code was three three three. Radio Afghanistan International Post-to-Surveys, O.M. talking about Afghanistan, was heard at 0, 0142 UTC on 7600 kHz. The SIO code was 444. 4, 4. BBC al Sila Dari Service ID announcement was heard at 1045 UTC on 17810 kHz. The SIO code was 444. 4, 4. Voice of America, Chinese service, OM Talking, was heard at 1051 UTC on 21695 kHz. The save code was 444. We want to thank Mr. Pradip Kundu from Tripura, India for sharing his log with us. If you have any comments and suggestion, please send your report to the following email address. DxBangla at the rate gmail.com. The address again DxBangla at the rate gmail.com. Okay, I will come with more DX news in the next edition. Till then, take care. Salahuddin dollar, Ratshahi, Bangladesh. Thank you, Salahuddin.
0: And we close with La Loren. Thanks for listening to WaveScan, the international DX program from Adventist World Radio. Researched and written in Indianapolis by Adrian Peterson. Next week, another record number of whales stranded on the west coast of Tasmania. And we examine a small network of commercial medium wave stations on the island of Tasmania. Also, our Australian DX report coming up next week on WaveScan. Wayscan is heard weekly on KSDA in Guam, AWR relays in various locations, WRMI in Florida, WWCR in Tennessee, KVOH in Los Angeles, Voice of Hope Africa in Zambia, and IWRS Italy. Send your reception reports directly to the station you're listening to. Reports for KSDA and AWR sites should go to qsl at awr.org. Other correspondence, not reception reports, can be sent to wavescan at awr.org. I'm Jeff White at WRMI Shortwave in Okeechobee, Florida. Till next week, good listening, everyone.